NIL is very much still in its infancy stages and people all over the college athletics landscape are trying to figure out how to interact with it, including student athletes and their families. But thankfully for them, there are people out there who are willing to help. We're going to talk to one such person on today's show. You are Locked On College Basketball, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, welcome into the Locked On College Basketball Podcast, the only daily national college hoop show out there. I'm your host, Isaac Shade, and I want to thank you for joining us today to get your first listen or watch every single day. It's a really fun conversation today. So glad you're here with us for it with Joy Harris, who is working hard to help student athletes and their families navigate the expanding world that is NIL, name, image, and likeness. Let's get right into our conversation. It is a joy today. I'm so sorry. Yes, I am that corny of a dad to be joined on Locked On College Basketball by Joy Harris, the CEO of SCORE and the author of a brand new book about NIL called How to Get Paid Before Going Pro, The Parent Guide to NIL. Joy, welcome in. It's so great to have you here. Just let's get into it right off the bat by just talking a little bit about what you do and why you do it. So let's start with SCORE. Tell us about SCORE and what that is. Thanks, Isaac, so much for having me. Uh, so SCORE started out as an innovative brand to close the gap, uh, the career gap, the financial gap, and the mental health gap for mm. student athletes. Um, it's definitely something that I'm super proud of. SCORE, since pivoting, we're building out an actual technology-driven platform uh, where students can hop on and message directly. So SCORE is pivoting more into the technology space, um, but I'm still here helping parents and student athletes uh, around NIL and around the college recruiting experience and hoping that we get more parents and families through the door. Gosh, that's so good and so needed and necessary. Just from a personal standpoint of somebody that sees people uh, get the bad side of this all the time, thank you for what you're doing with that. Now, I got to imagine your book is working to achieve some of those same ends. And this thing just came out last week, right? August 7th. Was that yes. the release date? Yeah. Yes. And so uh, the book is entitled How to Get Paid Before Going Pro, The Parent Guide to NIL. Tell yes. us about this thing, why you wrote it, what it is, how it can be a resource, all of that. Yeah. So I'm an entrepreneur. Uh, I have been for about a decade now. Um, and so when I got into the sports space, mainly dragged over by my kids, uh, <laughs> I was I was really apprehensive, actually. Um, really, I was like, we don't we don't want to do that. Like we can make money doing something that's way easier than that. <laughs> like you have no control over your own fate at all. You're in a selection process that you may or may not get picked for. And it's always touted only three to 4% are going to go pro. And I'm like, well, I don't know if we're going anywhere that's shouting those statistics. Like that's not quite advertisement, right? <laughs> Even though it's put out that way, like you have to work hard because only one of you all are going to make it. And it's like, well, that, those odds suck. Um, so <laughs> kind of at the same time as trying to create their strategy because I'm a, I'm an entrepreneur first. And so if it's a tough market, it's like, we have to figure out how you are going to win. And that's an ending I do. Um, NIL happened to be coming out around the same time frame and fairly easily I was able to get uh, some brand deals. I used my own kid as a guinea pig and they play rec ball. 
they were not well known. They are not popular. They were in middle school, right? So all of the disadvantages uh, of NIL they had going for them, um, and it was it was a lot easier than the headlines had made it out to be. And then just as a parent, I started talking to other parents, you know, and I found out parents were clueless, and not only clueless, but getting steered in the wrong direction. Mm. Um, and so after you know a lot of questions and people asking questions and trying to serve as many people as possible, just putting out information. I said, like, well, let me, let me actually make the guy that actually works. And I know it works because I did it and we made money <laughs> from it. Um, so it's a amazing book. It is a step-by-step guide. It's not a lot of fluff in it and, you know, storytelling. It is, this is what you do. This is how you do it. This is how long you should be doing it. Um, and it shows you that they don't need a bajillion followers. Uh, to make NIL happen for them. More importantly, NIL works to help you pay for college. Um, so right now, the average NIL deal, this is documented, is about $1,524. If you do the math, just simple math, I'm going to round it all because that's how I do math, it's easier. <laughs> um, that equals, if you do one a month, that's about $19,000 a year for a student athlete. Average tuition is about $20,000 a year. So NIL opens the door not only for, oh, you can make some money now today to buy your favorite sneakers. And that's great. I want you to buy them. <laughs> but you can also go to the college that you want to go to as a walk on if you choose to because you really want to go pro. Right. You're not at the mercy of who just hands you a scholarship. So it's a great opportunity if you peel back the layers and use it to your advantage. That's so great. Well, folks, seriously, I mean, you can go, I was, I looked this up on Amazon last night. I was checking it out, looking at Joy's book. You can get the paperback, you can get the Kindle version. It's all there for you. Joy has done a great job getting this ready. Now, Joy, people like you and I and others in the college uh, athletics landscape talk about NIL all the time now, but undoubtedly there are people checking into the show today that are like, I don't know what those three letters mean. Are you talking about NLI, National Letter of Intent? No, we are not. Right. So, so Joy, for those who either don't know what NIL is or might just need more education on it, would you uh, un un unpack that for us? Yeah, I actually think about NIL outside of the sports world. So I think the thing that people like about my conversations and information is I'm not a sports per first person, mm -hmm. right? So the breakdown of NIL to me was not at all sports related. It just happens to be in the sports world. Um, so the best way I think about it is NIL allows student athletes to use their brand like their favorite YouTuber. That's the cut and dry version of it. Um, using your name is like actually using your name. Like if you would see your name on the back of a jersey, using your image is like actually seeing your image on a social media post or a billboard. Think of your Wheaties boxes for your old school pros. Um, and using your likeness is using something that looks like you, but it's not you. So putting you inside of a video game or putting you as a bobblehead action figure, um, that's name, image, and likeness. And again, it's just you being able to use your branding for your own benefit. Mm -hmm. Everyone else in the world could except student athletes, right? So welcome to the party. Welcome to the party. And uh, you know, coming up here in just a second, we got to talk about the NCAA and their role in this and why it's taken so long to get here and why they all of that kind of stuff. But Joy, what I love about what you're doing is this is, yes, it's about the dollars and cents, 
But that is because it is helping people achieve the things that they want to do in life. This is about the humanity, the families, the stories that are being told. And that's what we're all about here at Locked On College Basketball. The stories of the young men who play this game. And so I'm just curious, what is it in your life? Is it your own kids? What, what kind of sets this in motion? Just this innate desire. Yeah, you're making money too, but what is this desire to help families, to help the yeah. student athletes figure out how to navigate this landscape? Um, so in my entrepreneur experience, a, I, you know, I would count it. I'm a little bit of a rebel. Um, so anytime there's a space that could use more efficiency that has a, a lack of fairness in it, um, typically that's what I'm drawn to. Um, so it's a double-edged sword on both sides. Sometimes like take the easier road. Um, but typically I'm drawn to making a difference, right? And having some impact happen in a space that traditionally hasn't had it. Um, so entrepreneurially, I've always done a lot of service-based businesses, which are heavy lifting, um, but they've been in areas of need where people typically are disadvantaged, don't have resources. There needs to be a bridge or a gap there. Um, so looking at sports, yes, sparked by my kids, but it was a little bit of a no-brainer, like, oh, this this industry does not work to the advantage of the athlete almost at all. Almost at every turn, the institutions that are built to, that they have to go into um, are not built for them. And yes, I'm an advocate of education, but we do know of lots of institutions right now who that you can go to and you can graduate from and you do not get the career that you were dreaming or hoping for because that institution either doesn't have good brand themselves, isn't turning out good networking opportunities. Student athletes don't have that advantage, right? If you want to go pro, you have to walk through the college door. You have to, which means for a lot of them, you have to incur debt. There is no, like you, to, oh, chase your dreams. And that's a great speech that we give kids. And then we need to also say like chasing this dream, you have to go this path. You can't just be a YouTuber and be a walk-on. I mean, it's a possibility. It's, it's very rare. It's very rare. You have to go through this door. Um, and so just looking at the institutions and how they're set up, the NCAA, and they're a business. So I understand being a business owner. I understand how they're set up, which is great. I have no dog in that fight. I'm not against the NCAA. I understand their business model. It's genius, actually. Like, if I was going to build something, like, oh, you, you guys are amazing, right? Um, but also, the their lead generation, their resource actually needs to be informed. And so that's why I'm in the pile. I love it. Trying to help level the playing field a little bit, yeah. make those odds better for families and the student athletes that are part of it. Well, we do want to talk about some of this regulation, what this looks like, how to navigate the landscape. Uh, would love to hear if you've got any horror stories or success stories uh, that you've heard as you encounter all these families. We're going to have more conversation with Joy Harris in just a second. But first, today's episode is brought to you by our brand new partner, Nutrafol. You don't have to choose between better hair growth and your health. Nutrafol provides a whole body health approach for men that promotes healthier hair. No drugs, no compromises, just better hair. Did you know that 80% of men will experience hair thinning in their lifetime? It's normal, but it doesn't have to be your fate. You can get ahead of thinning with Nutrafol, which is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement, clinically shown to improve your hair growth, visible thickness, and visible scalp coverage. Go to Nutrafol.com men to take their health hair wellness challenge. Identify causes of your thinning hair and Nutrafol will give you a personalized plan for better hair health 
through whole body wellness. Take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com men and enter the promo code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE. Find out why 4,000 healthcare professionals recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com slash men, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L dot com slash men and enter promo code Locked On College. Once again, that's Nutrafol.com slash men, promo code Locked On College. Once again, we're joined on Locked On College Basketball today by Joy Harris, the CEO of SCORE and the author of a brand new book, Helping Families and Student-Athletes Navigate the NIL Landscape. And so we've been talking about what that looks like, but Joy, I want to get into the practicality of it right now. And um, in all your, your research and your conversations with everyone, why, why do you think it is? And, and as you said, the, the NCAA is a business, they got to do their thing, but why is it that you believe they drug their feet on making this happen for so long? Uh, because they're a business. And so um, an example that I like to give, because I think people understand it better, it's not as new, is the music industry, right? The music industry is a business, it's a dominant global business. And then streaming came along and started taking some coins out of the checks of the labels. Prior to that, it was very hard to be independent. It was very hard to get your music distributed. You heard a lot of headlines and news about, you know, don't be an independent artist. You need all this support. You need this backing. That all works to the advantage of the music industry. So people understand that now. They see independent artists. People talk about independence and like, yes, I get that. Apply that same thought process to sports and NIL. The NCAA is a business. The NCAA has media rights. The media rights are taking videos, photos of your student athlete and selling them to big networks. That's how they make majority of their money. They currently have a pretty big contract. I believe it's about a billion dollars a year for the next nine years off of media rights. So it is to their advantage that they get to keep your athletes media rights, right? That's what they sell as their product. Um, and so as a business, if you're going to lose the power over your high generating product, you might not be as quick to the table to pull that trigger. <laughs> now, yes, you could talk about they had to figure out how to roll it out and they had to get the colleges on board. And all of that is secondary to there is a loss in the ownership of a very powerful product. And so the reason why NIL is so important is because now it puts that very powerful product in the hands of the student athlete. Um, and it's important for them to know how to use it. Yes. And so thinking about doing that, then knowing how to use it, one of the issues perhaps that, that I feel like I continue to see is that because it wasn't the NCAA that led out on this, because it was like states starting legislation that brought the NCAA to the table it feels like there's been a pretty uh, pretty strong lack of regulation around all of it. And so I, I think one of the biggest questions that I continue to have is, Joy, what on earth can we do to put better regulation on this thing? Um, I think you have to be a little bit careful about wanting it to be regulated. <laughs> if you look at it from the business side, just the NCAA as a business, the NCAA got sued. So it did actually start at the NCAA level. The NCAA took the stance that, hey, we're going to stay in our little pocket so we stay out of trouble. 
Um, and what we are going to do is defer to the states um, and defer to the universities and colleges inside of the states um, if the state doesn't do anything. When you talk about regulation, regulation really only hurts the student athlete because there is regulation in place. There is policy in place that says, hey, you can't do pay for play. Uh, you can't be incentivized for how you play or playing better. So there is right now today regulation in place to make sure that the student stays in amateur status. A lot of the concerns that you hear people talk about are actions that may be by collectives. Well, those are adult alumni booster college affiliated organizations. So when you talk about regulation, my concern tends to be uh, student athletes just got the privilege to use their own name, image, and likeness that was used by an institution that's not them. Hmm. And student athletes, most of the trouble is getting is happening because of an institution of adults that's not them. And so if you do regulation, it's going to hurt the student athlete. Hmm. Um, in fact, there is some regulation that is currently trying to be passed this voting session about, you know, making all deals um, documented at the federal level. And you can't go through the transfer portal uh, more than I think you have to be at the institution three years before you can go through the transfer portal. And this is not official yet, but it's on the table. To me, A, that hurts places like UNC, where you all got a lot of uh, athletes through the transfer portal when West Virginia happened. So a chance to like build a school and make them division winning because a student sees your school as better. Mm -hmm. um, you know, regulators want to take that off the table, but really it's the institutions that are not, uh, that feel like they are getting slighted. Yeah. Um, and the collectors that may be overstepping are the issue. <laughs> so you don't want to hurt the student athletes just because we can't wrangle the adults. Yeah, man, that, that makes a ton of sense because what we're ultimately trying to do is, argue for and fight for autonomy for these young men and young women to be able to benefit truly and fully off their name, image, and likeness, like any other college student, right? Anybody, like any right. human, any, any nine-year-old. Great. Good point. Great point. Yes. Not just college people. So like, like you, you talked about collectives that that's become part of it, which is just basically a, a fancy way to say boosters are finding ways now to be able to actually put their money to work. Yep. Um, what, like, what is the, the pro and the con of these collectives that have developed? I think the pro is that there are resources earmarked for student athletes. Mm -hmm. That's the benefit of the collective. Um, and I would encourage students to find out if there is a collective at their school. Um, at least 92% of the power fives have one. So find out if there is collective, find out if they are nonprofit focused or business matching focused. That's important. So you know what your business service needs to be. Um, I always encourage student athletes the way you stay out of trouble is read your agreement. So what is the product or service that you are doing? If you are doing a product or a service that's not related to playing the game, you're okay. Yeah. If you're not doing a product or a service that's related to playing the game, don't sign the agreement, right? So this is business one oil. You have to read your agreement. I think the cons for collectives are the sliding hand. Um, the collectives that do overstep, um, that do make promises. It happened in Florida where an uh, athlete gets promised a certain amount and then they are on their way there and the agreement gets pulled from under them. Um, and so I think that's an issue, but that's an issue at the adult hmm. 
university level. That's not a student athlete issue. Um, I think, you know, you hear from collectives and from universities, oh, people are using the transfer portal as free agency now, or people are getting swayed by collectives. Winning schools win. And athletes want to go to winning schools. And so you have to figure out how to be better. That's like saying, um, you know, in the Industrial Revolution, that's like saying, oh, people started using tractors, <laughs> messed up farming. It's like you have to figure out how to farm better. That That is the nation. You have to figure out how to farm better. And hopefully innovation comes um, at your institution because you're figuring it out. Um, so I think in terms of the cons, it's definitely those who are overstepping, but students can do their due diligence with reading their agreements to make sure that they're in the right. At the end of the day, it is a resource. Yeah. It, it, you got, I, I cannot count the number of times when we just hear people like, I got this NIL thing. I signed it, just went on through it. And it's like, yo, no. you, you, if you want autonomy, then you got to take responsibility for these things. Like yes. we want to help you. But do your part. Do your due diligence. That's yeah. such great advice, Joy. I love it. Are, as, as you have interacted with families, inevitably you've heard some really happy stories. And I'm sure you've heard a few sad tales as well. Do you have like an example of maybe a time that NIL has just gone really well? And it's like, this is what we're trying to do. And maybe an example of like, this is why I'm trying to tell you to be careful because this type of really bad story might happen. Yeah, I think. I think for me, the best news is when there is a student who is not D1, who is like a junior in high school, trekking towards their senior year in high school, who is not known, who is not getting recruited D1, who no scouts have come out to their particular game or schedule. And that student gets their first NIL deal. And that deal is somewhere between $1,500 and $2,000. That's that's amazing for the, the for the student who is not getting hard pressedly recruited. That type of income coming in is amazing, and they can take that in like, oh, I did one, and now they're aware that they could do another one, um, and they can put that money to the side, and they can pay for college, they can get out of college debt free, they can at least cover their books because books, you know, is like six percent of cost now. <laughs> um, to me, the, that's the story that I love because it's, this is for the everyday athlete. Yes, there are your headline athletes that are million-dollar valuation, which that's a whole other word we won't get into yet. Um, but the everyday athlete can take advantage of NIL. So uh, those are the stories I love. The stories that you know make me sad is, A, when I hear um, policymakers saying they want to change NIL. They want to heavily regulate it. In Florida, there were some talks of having NIL only run through the colleges. Those type of stories uh, make me sad because I'm like, you guys are mi you're missing the opportunity to let students finally. I mean, we're only two years in. That's right. Right. So for the last since the '60s, right, had no rights and resources, and you gave them two years. No back pay, mind you, because this first came up in, two, in 2009. So no back pay for the people who suffered while we drug our feet to this moment. <laughs> um, and then you want to regulate after two years. It's like, leave it alone. Leave it alone. Yes, students do need to be informed. That's like any other business owner. You wouldn't tell an entrepreneur, you know what? You don't know how to do taxes, so don't be an entrepreneur. You would say you need an accountant. Go be an entrepreneur. So that's the message that we need to get to students mm -hmm. and families. Do NIL, and then you need a team of support once you get to a certain level, not at the very beginning, sure. but once you get to a certain level, you need a team to make sure that you know how to properly manage and maintain what you've earned. 
I love this. So, Joy, you would probably say you're an advocate for less regulation, more education. Is that a fair way to put it? Uh, current regulation. I'm not saying that we shouldn't have the policy that we currently have. Yeah. So I'm not free reign and pay athletes <laughs> to play. I'm saying keep the current regulation, more education. Love it. Great. Perfect. Now, we're sitting here, as you said, it's 2023. We're only about two years into this thing. Who knows? where we are headed in the next five to 10 years. It would take the strongest telescope in the world to look to the future of where NIL and college athletics will be, even in the near future. Yeah. But we're going to do our best to try to unpack that, let Joy play a little bit of Nostradamus here, and we're going to do that in just a second. As we've said, we are just two years into this whole NIL thing. People still trying to figure it out what it is, what it is not. Um, and Joy Harris is doing a great job of trying to help people understand that, how to navigate where we're at. But Joy, as anything, this thing is only going to continue to grow and find more tentacles, more wins, more losses, and everything in between. So what I want to do here towards the end of our conversation is give you an opportunity to just forecast and predict ahead a little bit. Let's say, you know, it's 2023 right now. Let's get ahead to 2028 or into 2030. Where do you think we'll be with NIL in five to 10 years? Oh, that's an interesting question. Now, I can't foresee the future, but my hope, uh, my <laughs> hope is that there will be more entrepreneurs that are student athletes. Uh, there'll be more support systems for them, everything from the marketplaces that are out now and the people are doing conferences. And they'll be able to have resources to support their entrepreneurial endeavors. I think we'll get further into Web3. So I think NFTs will come back. Um, I think a lot of in the Web3 landscape, people will start doing some things that are interesting uh, for athletes. There'll be virtual meet and greets, uh, things like that. So I think technology will be strong in the NIL space. I hope that regulators grow a conscience um, <laughs> and kind of leave NIL alone and let the students have some advantages. So uh, that's my hope. The five to 10 years is looking bright. And those it's kind of like beachfront property, those who get in really early typically get the best bang for their buck. Yeah. So don't wait is what joy is telling you. Just jump in, start figuring things out and, and then get people like joy to come alongside you who already have some ideas of what's going on. Now, joy, one of the biggest storylines in college athletics, even in the past couple weeks here has been conference realignment as the big 12 has basically stolen a bunch of big PAC 12 schools. The big 10 has taken several PAC 12 schools, uh, AAC schools moving around. How, what, what kind of role does conference realignment play in all these NIL conversations? Um, I think not much in the NIL conversation. I think conference realignment, when you peel back the catalyst for it, it was due to the loss in media rights revenue for the Pac-12. And so I think schools went to the different conferences just as a, hey, it's not our fault. We're going to go together quietly. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think NIL wasn't necessarily the cause of the realignment, but it does show the power of NIL. It mm -hmm. does show when a conference was able to hold on to the media rights so strong, and then when they lose some of that uh, power, it can make them fragile. That same power is what uh, the NCAA prohibited students from having. So if you think about that, how that power can dismantle a legacy conference, and now you as an individual have it, it's 
it's amazing and mm-hmm. you need to use it. Um, I think the conference realignment will be fine. I think the fans of the colleges will still be the fans of the colleges. They will follow them to the conferences they participate in. And I think it's the NCAA's hope that, hey, this realignment will make more revenue happen in those conferences. So I think the NCAA will be fine. They will be able to sleep at night. All will be right with the world. <laughs> I like that when that is the way it is. Same kind of question, Joy. What about with the transfer portal and the one-time uh, free transfer waiver? It, is that Do you foresee playing a bigger role in NIL? I think that could. I think right now students see going to different colleges based on the resources of that college, hmm. right? And so like not all D1s are created equal. And so students go to the college that they think can get them to the next level in the league or that offers them the most benefits. Um, I think limiting the transfer portal puts a stifle on the resources that students can go after. Sometimes a student needs that first year to get their feet wet, to hone their craft, to have better coaches. You have to think not everyone has access to private trainers. So sometimes that first year in college is their first time being with a coach who knows how to coach, (laughs) right? They could just be a natural talent and it's their first time being with a coach that knows how to coach. And so that transfer portal gives them the opportunity to like, oh, I am a standout player. Maybe I can go somewhere else who actually recognizes me. Also, the way I talk about it is you will be saying Jalen Hurts don't transfer. You like think about that's mind boggling. You're like, oh, he was amazing, but he wasn't amazing in that particular system. Um, So I think while institutions who used to be able to be boosters and have deep pockets and woo um, athletes are upset because now the playing field is a little bit more even. That's right. It's doing a disservice to the athlete, right? Saying that you can't transfer away from me. If they don't want to be with you, let them go, right? Let them go where they do want to be. I understand you want to use them because you want your team to win. I understand that. <laughs> and you winning gives you more media rights and resources. I understand that it's a business. I'm not against that, but I'm saying, Say it out loud. Hey, I don't want to let you go because I want to win. Now, now we know who you are. We can work with that. We can work with honesty. That's right. Um, but what I don't like is don't cover it in, hey, athletes are moving around like free agency and they don't respect the game. Like, that's not really that's not really what's happening, even though that's a headline. Yeah. Yeah. Don't don't cloak your desire for you to win in terms of this is what's actually best for the student athlete. Right. Like I, I'm right with you, Joy. I would rather have you up be up front and you kind of come off like a turd of a coach. But at least at least you're being honest and we all know where the who's cards in their hand. Yes. And uh, the, I, I'm all on board with that. Now, here's the thing. There's no way on a 30-minute program that we could unpack every nuance and everything about NIL. Uh, This has been a great overview conversation and getting people just aware of like, here's where we're at, here's what's going on, here's where we're predicting things to be. So, Joy, inevitably, there there are parents or student athletes watching or listening to this thing that are wanting to reach out and learn more. What should they do? Um, so you can find me on social media at the Joy Harris. I try my best to answer all the questions that come in. Um, so Instagram, TikTok, 
Twitter, YouTube is all the same at the Joy Harris. Reach out, get your individual question answered. Don't just sit and be confused, right? The train has left the station, and the longer you sit and be confused, the longer your athlete is not on the train. So if you are an athlete watching, or if you are a parent or guardian of an athlete, reach out, get your questions answered. I'll try to get you some resources um, and make sure that you can take advantage of this opportunity. Ma'am. So good. Joy, thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for being an advocate and educator for families, for student athletes, for trying to help make sense of what this space is and, and bring in even maybe some different thoughts that people have not previously had. So grateful for you and what you're doing. Thank you. And thank you for what you're doing. Actually uplifting students as you talk about the game uh, is rare in the space. So uh, students are in good hands on your show. Amen. And thank you. That's it for today's episode of Locked On College Basketball. Thanks again to Joy so much for joining us. Make sure you go give her a follow on social media, as she talked about earlier, and check in on the things she's doing. Again, if you are a family or a student athlete that's out there listening to this and you want more information, man, it would do you good to check in. I'm so grateful to have been able to be more informed myself today. Well, folks, thanks so much for listening. If you would, go subscribe on audio and video platforms. For those of you watching, smash the like button and leave comments on your thoughts on this whole crazy conversation. You can follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnCBB. You can follow me at Isaac Shade. As always, apologies to the lawyer family. Go Wildcats. And until tomorrow, peace.